After the church was organized, Joseph's father and brothers Hiram and Samuel, along with Oliver Cowdery and Joseph Knight, were anxious to know their duties in the work of the Restoration. Joseph Smith asked the Lord, and in April 1830, he received Section 23 in Manchester. In his small section, each man was given blessings, warnings, prophecies, and promises depending on their faithfulness. Oliver Cowdery was told to watch out for pride, which caused him to leave the church in 1838. He had told Joseph, If I leave this church, it will fall, and wrote much about his importance in the work of the Restoration. It was Oliver that fell. But he did humbly return to the church ten years later, and bore testimony of the Book of Mormon, and receiving the priesthood from heavenly messengers. Hiram Smith was told in verse 3 that his duty is unto the church forever, which he faithfully carried out until he and Joseph were martyred. He was promised in section 11 that if he learned the word of the Lord, then his tongue would be loosed. Hiram diligently learned the scriptures and powerfully preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, exhorting and strengthening the church. This counsel to exhort and strengthen the church was also given to his brother Samuel, who was told to wait to preach to the world. A few months later, he became the church's first missionary and gave a Book of Mormon to Brigham Young's sister that eventually led to their family's conversion. Joseph Sr. received the same counsel and became the church's first patriarch. In verses 6-7, through seven, Joseph Knight was told to take up his cross, pray vocally before the world as well as in secret, and unite with the true church in baptism. He'd been a great support to Joseph, but he wrestled with this decision to be baptized until eventually he and his wife fulfilled this command from the Lord. Branches in Palmyra, Fayette, and Colesville experienced much persecution in the summer of 1830. Joseph returned to Harmony and visited the Colesville Saints. A local minister was unhappy that many of his followers left to join this new church, and he stirred up contention against Joseph. A mob destroyed a dam that was built to baptize new members. It was repaired and many were baptized. But before Joseph could confirm Emma and others, they had to flee from a mob. A constable arrested Joseph for disorderly conduct, but he was released after a trial when no reliable witnesses were found to testify against him. Another constable arrested him, and at another trial, the first miracle of the church, when Joseph cast the devil out of Newell Knight by the power of God, was brought up. Joseph was released, and the constable who'd arrested him now helped him escape another mob. Joseph and Oliver returned to Colesville a few days later to confirm the new converts. Enemies again chased them away, and they returned to Harmony, where Joseph received sections 24, 25, and 26 in July of 1830. Section 24 was given to strengthen, encourage, and instruct Joseph and Oliver in these difficult times. The Lord acknowledged Joseph's accomplishments and commanded him to sin no more. He was told to magnify his office, continue writing the things given by the Comforter, and expound all scriptures to the church. He was promised to be given in the very moment needed the ability to write and speak the Lord's will for the members. Joseph was not promised wealth in this life, but that he would have sufficient to provide for his family if he would attend to his calling and devote all thy service in Zion. Oliver was encouraged to give all to the Lord's kingdom. The Lord promised Joseph and Oliver that they would endure afflictions, but he would smite anyone who used violence against them, and those who used the law to persecute Joseph would find themselves cursed by it. The Lord promised to take care of them if they took up his cross, trusted and followed him, and devoted their lives wholly to his service. Section 25 was given in July 1830 during a time of intense persecution. 
Emma's family had turned against Joseph and wanted to turn her away from him. While visiting her sister and her husband, she tried to convince them he was a good man. When a constable knocked on the door, came in and arrested Joseph for being disorderly and took him away, leaving her sobbing. Her father, Isaac Hales, told her, It's about time your husband started planting and farming and stopped chasing after gold Bibles. Her uncle, Nat, was a leading Methodist preacher and the real instigator in trying to show Emma how bad a choice she'd made. Isaac wanted nothing to do with religion and would not allow prayers in their home. He was known as a great hunter and often left meat for people when their tables were empty. While hunting one day, he came across seven-year-old Emma praying in the woods and heard her say, Father, I love you. If my father is going to hell, like Uncle Nat says, then I would rather go there with him than be without my father. Isaac's heart softened, and he let her pray in their home. They were very close until she left. This is the only section in the Doctrine and Covenants specifically given to a woman. The Lord called Emma my daughter and told her, Thy sins are forgiven, and thou art an elect lady. This revelation was a comfort to her and pointed out her many talents and how she should spend her time. The Lord wanted an equal helpmate to help Joseph fulfill his role as a prophet, and Joseph had wisely chosen Emma for his wife. She was well-educated, had a wonderful voice, and was a great asset to help build the Lord's kingdom. Emma was promised her life would be preserved and she would be granted an inheritance in Zion if she was faithful and let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly. She was counseled to murmur not because of the things which thou hast not seen, most likely referring to the plates, and was told the office of thy calling shall be for a comfort unto my servant thy husband. She stood by Joseph and was there for all the trials and hard times they shared. Emma was told to go with Joseph and be ordained to expound scripture and exhort the church by the Spirit. Within a month they would leave Harmony to travel to Fayette. She never saw her parents again, and they wouldn't even return the letters she wrote to them. Emma still loved them, and when she learned that her father died, she had his baptism temple work done in Nauvoo. Emma was told to cleave unto the marriage covenant she and Joseph had made and walk in virtue. She was counseled to be meek and told to be a scribe, which allowed Oliver to pursue his other duties, and she wrote for Joseph as he worked on the inspired version of the Bible. She was told she need not fear, and Joseph would support her in his calling to reveal the Lord's will, according to the saint's faith. The Lord knows the soul delighteth in the song of the heart, and called her to select sacred hymns for the church. With W. W. Phelps, she compiled a collection of 95 hymns. The first 1835 hymnal did not have music, and the hymns were sung to popular tunes. How Firm a Foundation was sung to O Come All Ye Faithful. Throughout her difficult life, Emma was told to lift up thy heart and rejoice, and lay aside the things of this world and seek for the things of a better. The Lord told her to beware of pride, and let thy soul delight in thy husband and the glory which shall come upon him, and she would be awarded a crown of righteousness. Emma stood by Joseph through the trials they shared. They endured the deaths of four children in four years, and out of eleven children, only three sons and a daughter lived to be adults. She had a dream a few weeks before she died. I put on my bonnet and shawl and went with Joseph into a mansion, and he showed the different apartments. In one room was the nursery with a baby in a cradle. I knew it was my Don Carlos that was taken from me. I sprang forward and caught him up in my arms and wept with joy. When I had recovered, I turned to Joseph and asked, Where are the rest of my children? He said, Emma, be patient. You shall have all of your children. I then saw standing by his side a personage of light, 
even the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord concluded his counsel to her, saying, Verily I say unto you, that this is my voice unto all. Amen. While the counsel in many revelations was specific to individuals, much of it applies to us today. The Lord does not need to reveal all things personally to everyone that he's already revealed to others, and are available in the scriptures or the words of the living prophets. While his counsel was given to Emma in this revelation, the Holy Ghost helps us see how these instructions can also help and inspire us in our own lives. Because of persecution, some members who had been baptized in Colesville had not yet been confirmed. In July 1830, Joseph received Section 26 in Harmony, where he, Oliver, and John Whitmer were told to go to Colesville and confirm them. The revelation addressed Joseph's needs to support his family after his efforts translating and publishing the Book of Mormon and organizing the church. Oliver and John were told to devote their time to studying the scriptures, preaching, confirming new members, and farming, until the next Fayette Church Conference in September. Verse 2 teaches us again that all things shall be done by common consent in the church, by much prayer and faith. We should remember that when we raise our hands to sustain someone in their calling, we commit to uphold, support, assist, and pray for them as they strive to do as the Lord directs.